Coming to you live from my apartment. It's Rob as a podcast, and now here's the guy who could really go for some cookies right now. It's Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Rob Has a Podcast. I am Rob Sesternino, and uh, we have a big, big show for you guys today. We are going to be speaking with the one and only winner of Survivor One World. Yes, that's right. Kim Spradlin, we're going to get into everything from this season, talk about the whole shebang with Survivor One World, uh, the whole journey that she went on, so it's going to be a lot of fun, very excited to uh, talk to Kim, we had a very fun episode to uh, talk about with these three tribes, we'll get into everything uh, with that, had a really fun chat with Stephen Fishback uh, this week on Wednesday night, part of our Survivor Know-It-Alls show, yes, Stephen and I on Wednesday nights right after the episode, we are going to recap the episode, do a, a quicker recap, I think we went a little long this week, uh, in the future weeks we'll just do uh, probably about like a half an hour or so just on a Wednesday night, give you a little appetizer for our uh, interview show coming to you on uh, you know Thursday night, Friday mornings just to hold you over. And of course I spoke with Roxy this morning, had a very nice uh, talk with her. So real quick before we get into Kim, I just want to tell you guys about something going on in the world of podcasting. Over at the iTunes, we tell everybody, you know, go to the iTunes, make sure you're subscribed, go to robasawebsite.com slash iTunes. Well, Apple has a new operating system that just came out this week called iOS 6, and if you upgraded your phone to an iPhone 5 or up, or just updated your software on your iPhone 4 or 4S or whatever, uh, you will notice that the podcasts are no longer in the music app. So what you have to do now is there is a new app called Podcasts. It's very you know go to the App Store. It's right there. They tell you that you need it. Uh, again, I don't like that they did this, but uh, this is we, we got to deal with reality here. Uh, they moved the podcast to its own app. So download the Podcasts app, and you will find uh, that is now where you listen to Rob has a podcast on all of your Apple devices so uh check that out and if you're in the itunes store you happen to be make sure you subscribe leave us some comments we uh truly appreciate it so we're just about ready to gonna have a long nice chat with kim and while you're listening you might be uh surfing around on the internet so why don't you treat yourself to something nice uh why don't you head on over to uh rob has a website.com slash amazon pick out something nice for yourself because one you deserve it and number two Great way to support the podcast. Get yourself a whatever you like. You don't pay any extra money. Uh, it's a great way to support Rob Has a Podcast, the lifeblood of Rob Has a Podcast. So without further ado, let's bring in our guest today, which I'm very excited to have on the show. Uh, we talked to her back in May, but now we're really going to get into it with her. Uh, she is the winner of Survivor One World and uh, perhaps the most dominant female player to ever play Survivor. She's been even called the female Boston Rob. What? It's Kim oh. Spradlin. <laughs> Kim, how are you? I'm good. Hi, how are you? Have people called you a female Boston Rob? Not to my face. Oh, <laughs> I think it's flattering. I do too. I, I'm hugely complimented. Yes. Well, Kim, thank you very much for joining us. We've been looking forward to talking with you all summer long, and I wanted to wait until we actually had Survivor to get your opinion on, rather than uh, you know totally rehash Survivor One World. But I'm sure we'll we'll get into it and how you completely uh, controlled that game. 
But uh, we got so much to get into, and uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's exciting to be back. Now, Kim, do you have some news in uh, in your in your life? Are you now uh, engaged? I am engaged. Kim, I'm worried um, I've about been engaged this. for a while. I got engaged in July. Yes, so but it's since, not really new news. Well, it's it since the news. last time we talked to you. Now, I'm nervous about this because okay. how do we know? I heard this news and I said, "Okay, now here comes this Johnny Come Lately gold yeah. digger." Uh, now, now that you have this, the title. And this million million dollars, have we vetted this guy? Yeah, you know, he he says that the moment that he knew was when Jeff read my name. Um, <laughs> yeah. that that's when he knew he wanted to marry me. So that concerns me just a little bit. But that's really the only red flag. Yeah, well, that could be a major uh, red flag. But I'm uh, just going with it. Yeah, know? just, it just go with it. Um, so that, be, that being said, uh, well... Happy congratulations on your on your good news, all 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 good stuff. And so let's get into this uh, Survivor One World. I'm sorry, excuse me, Survivor (laughs) Philippines, and talk about what's going on here because it is my estimation, is my belief that you dominated Survivor so much last season they had to completely throw the whole thing out. And say, okay, we're gonna make we're gonna have to make up three tribes because too many people are coming in and making an alliance on the first day, and then they win the whole show. Really? Yeah, I think They've that's done what, this before, though, haven't they? They have done this before on Survivor okay. All Stars when the time. male Kim Spradlin came along and sort of uh, you yep. know controlled things the <laughs> whole way true. through. Uh, but now. We're going to uh, have to, uh, you know, change the whole system around. And now it's going to make it three tribes of six. Cool. I, <laughs> I doubt it. But yeah, uh, yeah this well, is fun for me because I actually didn't see all stars. So I've never seen this. OK, well, we don't. Yeah, well, it's it's not that fun uh, from where I'm sitting. But that <laughs> fun being, to watch. Yeah. But that being said, let's let's focus on what's happening now. So uh, Survivor Philippines with uh, these th- three tribes uh, no, no returning players. They did not bring back your friend Colton, who was also a medically evacuated person, uh, also kicked off on or also taken by fate on episode six. But so we have uh, Mike Scoopin, we have Russell Swan, and we have Jonathan Penner. Have any of these returning players stood out to you this early on? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Russell, not necessarily in a positive way, but that's been kind of funny to watch. And um, and. Penner, interesting. I mean, totally focused on the idol so far, but definitely Scoopin. I mean, I think Scoopin's looking good already, and uh, he they're just portraying him in such a positive light, and he seems really likable and is getting along with everyone. So I have a good feeling about him. All right, well, let's talk about the tribe that ended up going to this tribal council. Again, the tribe that can't shoot straight, the tribe <laughs> that's such a disaster, the Matt Singh tribe. Now, we started off this episode, you know, Russell Swan is already having some issues, right. but there's also a showmance uh, going on on Survivor Philippines between Malcolm and Angie. And so okay. we have this uh, Manji twosome. And so. Let me ask you, uh, now, was there ever a temptation for you to have a showmance on Survivor One World? No, I really didn't have that temptation, but I did find it really amusing that they kept saying that they were cold. Um, because I do think it's one thing to be cold in Spoon, which I did that plenty. Um, but it's another when there's like heavy petting of the abdomen. Yes. You know? That's yes, like I a different did, thing. I did uh, pick up on that. Now, what, who were you spooning with? Oh, Chelsea and Kat. 
and Alicia and Sabrina, mostly just women. I don't think I ever spooned with a guy. Yeah. I was a little afraid how that was going to look later. <laughs> what? Tarzan wasn't a good spooner? I, Tarzan did try to spoon me once, and I did get up and, and relocate. Okay. Well, that uh, probably – see, that you're full of wise decisions. You always <laughs> are making the right move. So – Yes, this big uh, spoon gate almost where now it's Angie and Malcolm. And so what do you think? I thought this Malcolm seems like he's a very sharp player. But, I mean, do you think that this is something that could ultimately cost him the game, this decision? You know, I agree. I was kind of surprised that he did it. I I thought he was going to be a little bit sharper than that. But I do also think that the way that he like kind of laughed it off and it I feel like it's it's more under control than it seemed the last episode like I feel like there were probably more conversations going on between him and Denise about you know he was just cuddling and it wasn't a big deal and I do think that's really the case I mean even the way he said at the end of tribal council like that was fun kind of felt like he wasn't too freaked out about it so probably not the brightest decision but I also don't think it's going to be that big of a deal in the long run. Kim, would Malcolm have been better served to have been on the One World season and have it be men versus women, and then he could have maybe just been like a rooster, (laughs) yeah, and then not and not sort of like intermingling with the this co-ed tribe? I don't know. I feel like his chances are better this go round, but I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll he seems he seems all right. I think Malcolm's going to be okay. Yeah, and did you agree with the decision that they made to get rid of this uh, Roxy instead of Angie? I don't know. I couldn't decide. I mean, I guess in whose favor. I, I think it was probably the right decision. I feel like – I think Denise is more in control of the situation. Like, I, I was kind of thinking Roxy for a while, like, break up Malcolm and Angie. But I do think the truth of it is I don't feel like Angie and Malcolm have, like, an, a real alliance. I do think he's probably – you know, Denise is his number two. I don't think Angie's he's she's in or I don't think Denise is in any danger of uh, losing Malcolm to Angie at this point. And I do think Roxy and Russell had a good connection and I'm kind of a Denise fan. So I do think that was probably the right decision. Yeah, I'm a Denise fan as well. And I agree with you. But, you know, when we get to a point, um, see, you know what I, I was going to say with, the you know, thinking back to. Uh, you know, my survivor mind always thinks to a final two, but in a final three, I guess it's not – you can have Angie around. It's not that threatening of a thing. But in the times when Survivor was a final two, right. if I'm Denise and now it's – if I'm going to the final three with, right. with Angie and Malcolm, I'm like, well, why wouldn't Malcolm want to take Angie to the final two? Who's going to vote for her? But Definitely. now with, <laughs> with just a two – uh, so with a three, I feel like, uh, yeah, sure, let's have a round. She'll be the person that gets zero votes uh, in the end, and we'll get, and you know, I'll go to the end with Malcolm. Yeah, I think Malcolm could be just concerned that Angie would decide to take Denise instead of he and Angie going to a final two. But I also think I was just thinking a little more short term as far as like them having the numbers that emerge. Like I would be more concerned if I were Denise that if all of a sudden I'm with Roxy and Russell and they've got a tight connection, it's kind of more of a two on two situation. Yeah, and of course, as all of us survivors know, we hate ties. We hate two two. We hate we hate three three. I know you for a fact hate the purple rock, Kim, and you're gonna even do what you might not want to do to avoid the purple rock. So for Denise, I think it was the smart move to avoid a potential two two vote at the next tribal council. Agreed. Yeah, even she's, if it means she's one smart cookie. She's one smart cookie. That's right. <laughs> uh, I like how you're bringing up cookies already. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was Kim, amazing. Yeah, how much did you uh, want cookies when you were on Survivor? Was that the number one thing you were looking that for? That was definitely not the thing I was craving, but, you know, I mean, to each his own. I was craving protein, but cookies. I mean, I can think of worse answers, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> not many worse answers. What would be a worse answer? Uh, I'll ask you the question. <laughs> Tim, got to know. You're out here, day six. You guys are struggling. But I, you know... I don't know. I think I, we we are we had a big argument in my household as far as like was she joking or was she serious? What do you think? Oh, I don't think that she jokes like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, I thought it was a joke the first time, but upon rewatching multiple times, I do think she was serious. Yeah, I think she's pretty serious. Um, is now people have compared. Uh, her to the being the new cat this season. What do you what do you think of that? Do you think that's a favorable yeah, I comparison? Mean, probably not quite as funny and weird, but I can see it. Yeah, I could <laughs> I could see it too. Uh, Angie could be the new, the new cat. Yeah. Um, so then in this tribe we have Russell Swan also, who has gotten just off to a, a horrendous start. Yeah. Now you were sort of the leader, uh, if not the unquestioned leader of your group. <laughs> Uh, from from somebody who has sort of you know, controlled what a tribe is up to, uh, what's your outlook on Russell Swan through two episodes? Well, I mean, from the minute he started talking about how it was bad to be the leader and they sent him on that monologue, I had a feeling that, that, that this was about to happen. Um, it just seems like you can't not do it, you know? And And it's almost worse this episode. I mean, his whole tirade after the challenge, which it kind of just gives me hives a little bit. You know, but and then it was interesting to me that Denise and Malcolm kind of acted like they understood. So maybe it was just Roxy saying she hadn't had enough water or whatever. But it's pretty painful to watch. I don't feel like he's in a power position at all. Yeah, uh, and I think he kind of knows that. I mean, it sounds like he knew when Roxy went that he's the next on the chopping block. So it's interesting to have somebody calling themselves the leader and also know that they're the next to go. So Kim, what's worse for Russell? Is it worse for him to want to be the leader but not own it? Or is it is it worse for him to, you know, be sort of leaderish and he should be backing off even more? I mean, I think it's worse. Not, I mean, at this point, I feel like he should just own it and, or probably just from the very beginning. I think it's kind of that's the painful part is watching someone talk about how bad it is and then just be that over the top, like yelling at everybody and saying to get your head out of your butt. Because I think it goes both That's ways on Survivor. Yeah. yeah, that was not <laughs> such, a great, such a great speech by Russell Swan last night. Ah, uh, just lay off it. Yeah. <laughs> he just won't quit. He won't I quit. I mean, that tribal council, when it came up again, he's like back on the pedestal about it. It just wears me out. Yeah, I think leadership is sort of a double-edged sword on Survivor, whereas you have many Survivors who have been great leaders and have rode that leadership all the way to the final two. And then you have other survivors who have taken the lead and were sort of unworthy leaders and the tribe ends up disposing of them because their leadership is not, has not been good. So I don't think the idea of, Hey, I'm not going to be the leader is necessarily the right idea. I think somebody needs to step up in this group of six. And I mean, if Russell Swan is not going to take that position in this group, who is the leader? Are you going to let you know, 25-year-old Malcolm be the leader? I mean, not Angie's not going to be the leader. Roxy is, is, is young, too. Maybe it, unless he totally gives it to Denise, and I don't think she wants it, they need a leader. Yeah, no, definitely. I think one of the things that was funny to me or interesting to me to episode one was Malcolm was kind of obviously uh, a leader type, but younger. And then I could tell, like, I thought it was 
cool that he stepped back and let Russell be the leader. But I always thought it was interesting that he kind of he needed to tell everyone like in a condescending way, like, oh, Russell thinks he's the leader and I'm just going to let him have it instead of actually just doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I feel but, like he thinks he would be the leader if it weren't Russell, for sure. <laughs> I think so. But he did say he that to is the more camera. more of a natural leader, for sure. Doesn't that count for something? He, I mean, he didn't say yeah. it to the group. No, I, I was impressed that he didn't have to, like, step up and, and fight for it. But I did think it was kind of funny that he had to go around and tell everybody yeah. that he wasn't I, stepping up to fight for it. Does I think that that's sense? just part of being on Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, did you know there was such a thing on Survivor as the uh, the booby trap? I didn't. Yes. But I get it. It's, it's a joke. <laughs> yes. Did you, in case you didn't get it, Joe, we got it a couple times. Roxy was proud of that. That was she was very proud of that. That was a good. <laughs> that was very good. Now, but was it a? Uh, is she trapping Malcolm? Is that who's in the trap? I'm a little confused about I'm that. I'm thinking it's Malcolm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's what I picked up on. And but it's I not. Think it, was, it was interesting to me too because I felt like there was more to this offense than just that they were cuddling. Like I feel like this was like. Roxy was really upset at Angie, you know? I mean, there was, like, we just decided she just didn't like her. It wasn't just that they were cuddling. Like, I feel like she was out to get Angie. Now, when you say it wasn't just cuddling, are you implying that there was something more going on? (laughs) Or are you saying... I'm saying I don't feel like it was just her wanting to break up Malcolm and Angie. Like, she was on a little bit of a rant about Angie being young and being a beauty queen. And I think there might have been, you know, Mm -hmm. just some tension. It kind of felt like a high school girl fight. Yeah, it seemed like it, especially when she got into that she just uh, shows up here with the boobs. It seemed yeah, like more like, of a so maybe, she has boobs. What yeah, it, it seemed like more of like a statement against uh, the, the archetype that Angie represents. Exactly. More, maybe more so than just against Angie. That's very perceptive, Kim. Ah, thank you. Very good. Uh, now, a booby trap. That's not like a Chinese finger trap, right? No, it's not no, like, that's not okay. what they mean. That's not that. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, you know, we spent so much time with Matt Singh uh, in the fr- in the first couple of weeks. Uh, what do you make of uh, of Penner with the uh, with his tribe? Now, you are one who knows the power of the hidden immunity idol. Uh, so, uh, how important was it for Penner to get that idol? And do you think was it worth the sacrifice of being sort of socially outcast from his tribe in the early going? Yeah, I don't. I feel like that's hard to say. It's such a double-edged sword. So I, it's, I'm always interested to watch that play out when somebody's so overt about that. If it does end up being worth it, because the entire time I'm watching Penner doing that, I'm thinking, just go get in the cave and play checkers with everybody and make some relationships. Because you know, but it, it's like now that he has it, it may end up being huge. But I also think it may also, you know, he it might save him for a vote, but it may not take him as far as he needs to go. But I feel like the whole thing with I mean, that's all we've seen Penner focus on right now. And so we don't know. He may be sitting there hanging out with everybody, but it seems like he's just totally on his own looking for the idol. Too much, too much looking for the idol. And nobody's that it's on the rice. I'm like, so are people going to realize that that's gone and know that, or will they just think it fell off? I don't know. It's kind of funny. Yeah, You would think that would be pretty conspicuous that that thing is missing. Mm-hmm. You would think so. I would think uh, and if Jonas was on this season, then he would have had the idol already. <laughs> yeah, by day for one. sure. The for first sure. ten minutes. <laughs> the first ten minutes gets gets that rice. You know, it's funny too with Penner. It's like nobody even seems to suspect. It seems like all he's doing is looking for the idol, and nobody's even suspecting. I think he's I think out like looking maybe for the they idol. just think he's a big loner and he's not interested <laughs> in hanging out with them, which is probably not good. Yeah. 
Um, and it's funny because that's exactly what Lisa Welchel is saying, and it's actually true. And they're all like, oh, she's out looking for the idol. I, know, I think she's trying to find the she's idol. She's like a dog that yeah. escaped a fence. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants to be left alone. She's like, I'm a loner. Yeah. I, I feel like I know the moment she's having to. Like, she just feels like she's about to cry, and she's like trying not to. That's how that strikes me. Why? Did you have a moment like that? No, I never cried. Not you. Yeah. No, I did. Um, but, you know, like she kind of reminds me of Dawn. And I kind of from the or from the first episode, I wonder if she was going to kind of pull a Suri. Um, but she's been a little more um, sensitive and emotional, which I kind of think if she just hang in there and be a little tough, she might have a shot at working her way back in. But I'm afraid she's like breaking down. Now, are you a Facts <laughs> of Life fan, Kim? I'm not. I'm not quite that old. <laughs> but, yeah. but I, uh, you know, I, I looked up her Mickey Mouse videos and I thought that was cute and I think she's beautiful and seems like a really cool person. I would like to see her stay for sure. But Kim, she's had a tough life. <laughs> she has. She's been on her own since she was 12. Yes. And as we now know, she was getting divorced at the time that they filmed this. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Um, that is really hard. And that does make you emotional. Yes. Now, were you, were you going through the same thing? Were you recently divorced when you played Survivor? Yeah. So my divorce was final like maybe three months before I left for the show. But... It, it's a kind of a long story, but I feel like um, I was not emotionally processing my divorce. I feel like I had been emotionally processing that for like two years and was kind of like done with it. Yes. Um, whereas I can imagine if you're like actually going through the hard part of that emotionally, that would be really tough. Well, how long were you married for? Four years. Four years. Okay. So it wasn't like you just went to Vegas and, uh, <laughs> Definitely and just not. got drunk and all of a sudden, okay. So it's a, it was a real divorce. And, and yet you work in weddings. I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. It's really ironic. Everybody yes, loves Kim, to point that out. Thanks. Let's <laughs> let's make the screenplay of your movie. I, I I think this is this is perfect. That you are the you're the wedding. Uh, you're a wedding pl- wedding planner. What's the right title? I sell bridesmaid dresses. I own a two franchises. It's a national franchise called Bella Bridesmaid, and I own the Austin and San Antonio locations. Okay. Hey, what about the website? To, to let people know where to find www.bella.bridesmaid.com. Unless you're a stalker, then then save it. Go go somewhere else. We yeah, don't want your please. business. Go to David's uh, bridal. <laughs> so, but it's very, very interesting. So you're, you know, now you're, it, you were coming off a divorce. You're going, you're going, you're jumping right back in the pool. Uh, you work, you work in this industry. Uh, you know, you have this whole su- survivor, uh, you know, are all of the women from the season, uh, is your whole alliance going to be your bridesmaids? Uh, we are not going to have a wedding, but if we did, Wait, yeah, I think that'd be amazing. Have, you're not going to have a wedding? <laughs> Nina, Monica, Courtney, Sabrina, just <laughs> Wait, in the on, order back, that they got voted off. That's how it'll up, line up. Kim, you're not going to have a wedding? No, I'm not going to have a wedding. Is that Okay. <laughs> That's, that's why I mean it's. I it's just your I can't. I really don't want to. It just sounds really. It kind of makes me like panicky the thought of it. <laughs> Kim, this is not a good endorsement for your business. <laughs> I know people keep telling me. You have to say uh, I love weddings. I do love weddings. <laughs> I just don't want to plan and execute one. <laughs> oh my goodness, Kim! They, you're, 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 that uh, have a where? small intimate gathering, and you'll be invited. You and Nicole. Oh really. No, I feel like you're, oh, you're, you're no, pulling my really. leg. This is like uh, I know how you work. I've seen this on the show. You're telling me, yeah, like, telling you me all, been more all, suspicious. all the things we want to hear, and then you're going to pull the rug out from under us. 
we'll be looking at Facebook pictures and say, hey, where were we? <laughs> uh, so for Lisa, yeah, I kind of feel like she – there could be – I'm not going to give up on her. I think that she could bounce back. Yeah, no, yeah. I think she's going to stick around. I feel like we got to see the beginnings of this whole – thing unraveling. I mean, we don't see Pete anymore. He kind of seems like a non-factor. And then now you've got RC and Abby Maria and Abby Marie telling that she's going to F her up or whatever. Yeah. What was that about? That was almost like was uh, amazing. I was really yeah. excited about that. We had a, a girl fight this early on in the yeah. season. This was almost like It was like weird Survivor too because like, they had that moment connecting over the idol and like it kind of seemed to solidify them a little bit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... That, I, I feel like I know people like that in my real life, though. Like, you meet them, and they're just really passionate about whatever, and they're real, like, hot or cold one way or the other, and she kind of strikes me that way. Like, she's all giggly and girly and fun and energetic, and then the next moment, she's like, don't F with me or you're dead, you know? Yeah. Well, I talked with Stephen Fishback last night that we uh, did a live show after the episode, the uh, Survivor Know-It-Alls, the two guys who know know everything about Survivor except how to win the game. Uh, and we talked about this last night about how it's never a good sign when you meet somebody and they're like, oh, my God, you're my best friend. Yes, that's always scary. <laughs> because just as easily as they're your best friend, they could quickly turn around and be yes. your worst enemy. Yes, I've had so many of those relationships in my life. Where then yeah. two weeks later, you're like, oh, my gosh, what's happened? <laughs> this is really terrifying. Yeah. And even worse is when it's a person from a reality TV show that says, oh, my God, you're my best friend. Oh, my God. Because that's even even faster that you go to the worst enemy. Yeah. It's scary. It's very fast. Yeah. It's very it's frightening. <laughs> very scary. <laughs> so what do you make of RC? She's somebody who's <laughs> come into the game. She seems like a very, very bright person. Yeah. She seems like she has, uh, you know, all of the brain power necessary to go far in this game. But do you think she's come on too strong in the early going? Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I've, I'm kind of having mixed emotions. I, on, I didn't start out crazy about her episode one. I think there was something that seemed a little abrasive and a little harsh about her to me. And um, I think anytime you go into Survivor and you're like guns blazing, it's just a little bit like, eh. um, but then this episode, I don't know. She seemed a little, maybe it was in comparison to Abby Maria, but she seemed a little softer and a little like she was, you know, thinking well about everything. So I'm curious. She's one to watch for me. She's kind of middle of the pack. I wouldn't say she's one of my favorites, but I'm not like totally counting her out. Okay. So this was something that came up on the episode last night, which I think is interesting to ask you about the idea of RC found the clue and then she shared the clue with Abby Maria. Now you uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You found the idol and then shared it with Chelsea. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. All right. So, I mean, you want to, could you talk through the, you know, the differences there and what the advantages, disadvantages are of when to share idol or clue? Yeah, I think no. In this instance, I just because their relationship seems so volatile to me already. Um, and I just I, from the minute they got together and they were like jumping up and down and like giggling, I, I just kind of had this like ooh feeling about that. And so and it seems like there was there's just some. I don't know. They don't seem to be connecting to me in the same way that like I always felt with Chelsea, like Chelsea was really down to earth and, and just, I kind of felt like we had this calm, non-dramatic, I felt like I knew where she stood and it was going to help me in the end to tell her, which I know a lot of people criticize, but I still to this day feel like it was the right decision. Um, but with this, it just, you know, it's like if you, if you tell someone and then an hour later, they're saying what Abby Maria said to her. That is a little startling to me. I mean, that seems like a really bad decision because I could see her wanting to get. I mean, if 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 Abby Maria had said what 
she said to RC to me, I'm thinking like, okay, well, you're the next to go. You know, I mean, if, if you're threatening me, I probably should get rid of you. So now she knows she has the clue and she probably isn't an ally anymore. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's a very interesting dynamic. Old clue usage to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that this tribe is, is really interesting because I don't really know how it's going to go. It started off with the, all the young people and like, hey, we're going to be the new the new alliance. But I do feel like it's scooping is very safe. We don't see a lot about artists. Uh, you know, you get the sense that they're going to be gunning for Lisa. But I just wonder if uh, they will avoid going to tribal council long enough for her to sort of get her feet under her. Totally agree. I, it honestly reminded me so much of um – Exile Island when like Courtney and Shane and Danielle and Aris get together like right off the bat and then it just like implodes and mm-hmm. Suri ends up on the good side of that and I just feel like something similar could potentially happen here. Okay, so you think Lisa could be the new Suri? I kind of well, yeah, I kind of wanted to be a little grittier though. Um but I think she might get over it. I'm excited for next week with Lisa. I think that'll be a telltale. Yeah, we'll we'll see uh what's going on. Uh what about some of these uh new players? Now Kim, you were lucky you didn't have any returning players on your season. Basically, your season's the only one in like the last five years, I think, other than Nicaragua, that doesn't have any returning players on it. Were you excited not to have to deal with any of these returnees? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm thankful it went just like it did. I don't know. Yeah, I like, had, so. I, had I gotten out of whatever I got off of, a truck, and there had been returning players, I think I would have been just as excited about that in the moment, but... Um, I wouldn't change anything. I'm really thankful we didn't have returnees. Well, let's say they said, okay, now it's Survivor One World. We're going to take a, we're going to bring in a, a man and a woman who are great players. And they say, okay, women's tribe, you're going to get a leader. Here's Parvati, men's tribe. Here's Boston Rob. Okay, so now it's day one and now Parvati is there. Uh, would, is that some, like, would you have changed your strategy to say, hey, let's get rid of the returning player or let's work with the returning player? My gut, I mean, I don't know till I'm there, but gut feeling is get rid of. Okay. But I would have to read the situation. Like maybe I need to be in an alliance with the returning player. So I don't know. And what what advice would you give to a future new player (laughs) uh, when they go, they go on their tribe and Kim Spradlin is there to lead them? Align with me. (laughs) I'm not as big of a threat as you think I am. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you take people far into the game, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. And all those guys, you know, all those girls, you're still friends with all those girls in the Definitely. final five. They have no yeah. no hard feelings. Good friends. Yeah. So it's all, it all works out, <laughs> right? Uh, now, Kim, how, how much did it rain uh, for you guys? Not that much. It felt yeah. like a lot, but watching this, I can already tell they're getting it way worse than we ever did. I mean, yeah. I think the longest it rained for us without stopping was like maybe two and a half days. And it sounds like it's been raining on them for five or six. So that's it looks miserable. That was one of my it's horrible. It's you can't really describe it to someone. It is really it is really, really terrible. Uh, the rain. So do you think let's say hypothetically it rains, you know, 35 out of 39 days the, the rest of the way. Um, how big of a factor do you think that's going to be in the game ultimately? Huge. I think like 80% of the people would quit. If it <laughs> rained for 35 days? Yeah. Don't well, you think people would just start quitting? I think people overlook that with the whole Nayanka and Purple Kelly fiasco yeah. from uh, Survivor Nicaragua was that they were coming out of a streak where it had been raining for a while and it just messes with your head. Yeah. The <laughs> 
It's the a rain. low, low, low feeling. It's, I mean, I, I, I was, I felt like there were a lot of people that were having breakdowns because I was in a terrible shelter with all those girls. So I don't feel like I ever let it just absolutely destroy me, but I could have, if I'd been with a different group of people, which I think is interesting. Like if you feel like you have to be the tough one, you kind of hold it together in a different way than if you're like with a bunch, like if I'd been with a bunch of strong men, I think I might've had a little bit more of a breakdown over the rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is torturous because you and you don't really get it on TV because it's like, okay, what's the big deal? It's raining, yeah. but it's also it's raining and you're just like your your entire body is just soaked and it's cold. And the other the worst part about it is that you can't just go to sleep uh, <laughs> right. when it's sleep when it's raining it. and and you so you're up all night freezing and wet and it's just impossible to you know it's just the lack of sleep messes with you too it's the worst yeah it's uh it's no good so now uh we have some uh now we have some blankets and a tarp to go around and Ru- maybe Russell Swan's uh head got uh his mind was blown to think that you could get blankets and a tarp uh as opposed to in Survivor Samoa when he had to pick uh what do you want blankets or a t- or pillows or a tarp and he picked pillows <laughs> always a good pick always a good pick it's like i what you could have both um so uh do you think that the immunity idol why does the immunity idol look like a chicken this season it looks like a chicken yeah i, I know it was you're like the, a bullhead the, oh i thought it looked like a like a turkey to me <laughs> are you sure i don't know you're well you are i defer to you kim oh i don't you know the, i feel like now I sh- uh, it's a standoff the animal lookalike <laughs> expert. But I do think that, that it looks a bit turkey-esque. It's almost like... Maybe it's uh, one of those things where you can see it two different ways. And if you look again, it's the old lady or the young lady. <laughs> is that is that what that is? I think so. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of cra- crazy stuff. What, what did your... Uh, <laughs> what did your immunity idol look like? What is what? Your immunity idol look like? It looks like uh, one of those um, like Australian fishermen's hooks, like carved out of bone or something. Whoa! I don't have it anymore. <laughs> okay, well that's that's uh, that's very good. I gave it to Troy, and he sold it on eBay. Did he split the profits with you? No, but listen to this. So the guy that bought it um, emailed Troy and said, "My business was going out of business. I don't know if I should tell this on here." Um, <laughs> and when I got the idol. Everything turned around like the next day. <laughs> and I feel like the idol has magical powers. <laughs> so why? No, why serious. wouldn't you tell and that story? And he wants to give it back to me so it can come full circle. So I might be getting <laughs> it back. But I don't know if he wants me to pay him for it. I haven't really talked to him about that. Oh, this sounds like one of these. Yeah. Oh, the idol. Now it has magical powers. Oh, just <laughs> Western Union me uh, your million dollars <laughs> and uh, I'll send it back to you. And then you'll have a uh, deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's a, a prince in Nigeria that's also working on the same idea right now. He's working on an email. <laughs> <laughs> I have the magic immunity idol and I'll send it to you. <laughs> awesome. Um, Kim, do you, are there any of these other new players that we haven't really uh, spoke about? It's been hard for them to get screen time that uh, have caught your eye this season. See, so I, I'm a really big Denise fan. I'm impressed with Denise. Um, I like Malcolm. I like Lisa as a person. I like scooping. I'm trying to, there's really no one on the printer, Jeff Kent tribe. Like, I feel like that whole thing is like printer and Jeff Kent, printer and Jeff Kent and just like the group, yeah. you know, and we like, which way is it going to go? Are. So the there's nobody dancers. catching my eye over there yet. Yeah. Uh, is there a Kim Spradlin this season? Uh, no, I'm not on there. No, well, 
I no, mean, I, there... I mean, honestly, when I first watched, I kind of thought Malcolm might be um, not Kim Spradlin, but I thought he might be a really strong new player. Um, but he's been a little different than I was expecting him to be. He feels a little uh, more like a surfer boy last episode than I was expecting. Okay. Kind of laughed well, it all off. All right. Well, I want to get into a lot of stuff from from your season and talk about uh, oh. you know what you think about this season. So let's let's get into some of the questions here from Facebook because we got a lot of good ones. And so uh, let's let's dive in here. These questions come to us from the listeners of Rob has a podcast on our Facebook fan page. Go to facebook.com slash Rob has a podcast. Uh, so you can uh, ask some questions to the survivors next week. So let's start off with a question from John DeBono. I think this is a good one. He wants to know, why are survivors obsessed with eliminating couples but never notice a pair like you and Chelsea or JT and Steven completely controlling the game? What is that about, oh, this is a romantic twosome. Oh, they're fooling around. We have to get rid of them as opposed to, oh, these two people are, are BFF. I, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, here my thought on the couple thing is I feel like when you get on Survivor, you're just looking for any way to to put a target on anyone else's back. So it just feels like this really obvious excuse that focuses attention on somebody else that's not you, you know, and, it, and it's easy to say like, oh, look, they're they're together. And it gives you an excuse to get rid of one or the other of them so that they don't have an ally. But I do think like with Chelsea and I, we really did try to be pretty um, discreet about our relationship. So I tried not to sleep next to Chelsea. I tried not to walk off with Chelsea ever kind of once we had solidified our relationship. So I, I try to spend just as much time with Kat and Alicia and Sabrina and Troy and whomever. So I think when you're a couple, it's just this obvious physical connection and they're sleeping next to each other and they're petting each other's abdomens at night. And um, does that answer that? That's my thought. Yeah, I think it's also annoying to be around the couple also. If you're not like in a couple. I that's a lot of what that was for Roxy. I felt like she was just uncomfortable, like that she was having to lay there and, next to that and listen to them whisper and breathe heavily. As much as she was threatened by it, I think she was kind of pissed off that, you know, they'd put her in that position. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. That she Roxy was sort of like the disgruntled like college roommate that yeah, you know your exactly. your, your roommate has a boyfriend or girlfriend and then he's just sleeping there yeah. all the time. Like, Cuz really, it really seemed like really Yeah. In the first episode it seemed like Roxy and Angie got along. Mhm. But not so much. Well, not, I think Roxy like even if it's just subconsciously has got to feel that her name's coming up quickly. Um yeah. and so I feel like that just gave her some ammo. Okay. Uh, this is from uh, Jorge Alvarado. Uh, lots, of, lots of questions about this subject. He wants to know, going off of Troy Zan's jury question, did you really ultimately decide to side with the women at the Jonas vote, uh, or were you still playing both sides until the Michael and Jay vote? Uh, and what do you think was the answer Troy Zan was expecting? So I guess let's take this as a two-part question, as the actual question and then related to Troy Zan's jury question. Okay. Uh, so question so, number one, yes, that was my first choice. It was kind of like uh, – that was that was definitely my preference to, to side with the women. Yeah. I just didn't know how it was all going to shake out. Like say Christina and Lisa were actually with the men. I wanted to have a connection with Troy and Jay or whomever so that I had another option to get out of that. Yeah. Um, but ideally, I wanted to go with the women just because I felt like Troy and Jay beat me at a jury vote at the end because they were so likable and charismatic. Um, yeah. But in fairness, like, why wouldn't you side with the women there? I mean, yeah, uh, with all due they're respect easier to for you, me to beat physically at the end. And I have better connections with them. I've been with them longer. It was right. kind of a no brainer. But I just feel like uh, that 
Jay or Troyzan uh, seems far more likely to win an immunity there coming down the stretch as opposed to, you know, you're you're facing off against, you know, Alicia and Christina and Chelsea, you know. Totally. That's think- how, and then I also would, would think about, OK, if I'm on the jury, you know, in what order would I cast my votes for these people? You know, and so and Troy and Jay were maybe one and two at that point. And so I didn't want to sit there with them. Yeah, and plus you have the whole possibility you still have uh, Tarzan hanging around that you run the possibility yeah. that the guys could get back together at some at some point. It just seems like, you know, all signs pointed to just go with the women. And, uh, you know, I feel like they should have been a little more suspicious of that. Uh, <laughs> agreed. Yeah. So uh, that, so let's talk about Troyzan's jury question. Now, re- refresh our memory. What was what was the question that he asked you in the final travel? Council? All right. He said, if you're so good at Survivor like you think you are, um, then you'll know the answer to this question. Yeah. Did you have me or something like that? Like, yeah. Did you know you'd beat me? And I said okay. when we voted Jonas out. And he voted for Sabrina. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing. Troy and I have talked for hours and hours and hours since the show ended. This has never come up in conversation. My gut feeling is that I answered the question correctly and he wasn't going to vote for me no matter what. Yeah. But somebody should ask him sometime what the real answer was. Okay. Well, I know that Troy Zan likes to talk about Survivor. So I'm sure (laughs) at some point the questions will be answered. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah, so uh, let's let's see. Uh, Danielle Dr- uh, Drattel wants to know, how come you look so thin? Didn't you eat anything out on the island? <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> uh, I just read the questions, Kim. I don't, cookies, I don't write Danielle. them. Yes. She only had cookies and I don't eat sugar. So that's yeah. lost a lot of weight, more than everyone else. <laughs> that Kim, she's too thin. She should, she should eat something on Survivor. Yeah. Uh, James Wall wants to know, he says, new contestants, animal faces, what is everybody? Oh, All right, gosh. so let's get, in, let's get into it a little bit. <laughs> okay, I don't have everybody. I thought about it last night a little bit, so I have some people. Can you tell okay. me names and I'll tell you animals? Okay, well, you want to start with some of, let's start with some of the returning players. Okay. And our, uh, well, you know, Russell our, Swan is a catfish. A catfish? Big time. Well, that's a very delicious animal. It is. <laughs> okay. I think Scoopin's a dolphin. Ooh. Might be the gray hair. And the personality <laughs> plays into that. Yeah, very smooth like but a dolphin. Yeah, kind of happy and careless, carefree. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Penner's a badger. A badger. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dana's a field mouse. Uh, oh, I, I could see that. Very, uh, She can be very mousy. She can, in a cute way. Uh, Jeff Kent is like a wolf or a fox. Whoa. Whoa, what? A sil- silver fox. <laughs> a fox with a hurt knee. Yeah. With a limp. <laughs> um, what else? Yes. Uh, okay, Roxy, well, how about- Roxy is Ducky from The Land Before Time. <laughs> well, that's not an animal. That's a cartoon. Yeah, but character. sometimes it's an like an actual char- like a cartoon character. Okay. Um, Malcolm is an otter, I think. <laughs> uh, now I have to. I can't even think of what an otter looks like. Like Malcolm. Yeah, okay, it looks just like Malcolm. So, what does Angie look like? Angie looks like an elf. That's all I can think of. An elf. That's that's hardly an animal. I know, but <laughs> that's all I got. That's all I can see. <laughs> like one of Santa's elves? I, yeah, I have like a block on that. Oh well, Mrs. Claus is going to have to put a stop to that very soon. 
Yeah, no elves, no elves that look like that. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, who else? What about RC? RC, like I don't know what RC. Maybe a lemur. <laughs> a lemur. Yeah. <laughs> Abby Maria might be a shark. A, a shark. Like in some scenes, she has some shark qualities. <laughs> what about Pete? Have you seen enough of Pete? To Pete come is a bear. <laughs> He's a bear. <laughs> uh artist have you seen any any of him no but he's like like a, like a snake maybe okay uh there's also a rumor that there's a few other uh hidden contestants on the show uh there's i've read on the internet there's somebody named carter that's on the show yeah i haven't seen him but yeah yeah he is a duck um but has he talked yet uh i don't believe so I don't think so. I don't think we've seen him talk. I don't think Jeff has mentioned him. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there's also a Dawson and a Katie. A Katie. I haven't. I do know who those people are. Yes. You Correct. can confirm they're on the show. I don't have animals for them because I haven't okay, seen their faces on TV. Not yet. Have you ever talked about what animal Jeff Probst looks like? Yeah, I told you. He's a collie. A collie. That's right. I can see that. And uh, I forget. What What am I? You're a falcon. A falcon. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very very like good. Like a friendly, talkative falcon. A friend, very talkative. Very talkative. Very talkative. Okay. Um, this is a question from Jim Van Ness. He wants to know, I subscribed to the theory last season that Kim's profession made her perfectly suited to Survivor. Doing the wedding thing, she routinely has to deal with people at a very stressful time in their lives and make everyone happy. Bride, groom, parents, etc. I would think that kind of interaction would be huge in playing Survivor. My question for Kim is whether or not Denise's gig as a sex therapist might help her in the same way. She gets a lot of people to trust her and come to her with issues about things that are going uh, way more personal than alliances and uh, hidden idols. And uh, and probably you deal with a lot of people who are at a very stressful time in their lives where things are not going well at the point you have to go see Denise. Yes. That was a long question. I agree with that. And I think anytime you do something for a living where you have to take, where you're more concerned with other people's needs and you have to kind of think about what other people want and figure out how to orchestrate and be a peacemaker, that that definitely helps on Survivor. But I also wonder if people that tend to do that anyway end up in professions where they're doing that, you know, like that makes them good at those things. So it's kind of like what came first. Yeah. I, that's a very interesting analysis, and I wonder. Uh, I, I wonder if Denise's occupation uh, will have her, uh, you know, help her out in the game. Yeah, God, she seems God knows- very perceptive and wise, and probably a really good listener. I think she's going to go far. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to having her uh, on my speed dial for the podcast. For the podcast to uh, you know bring her <laughs> in as like our Doctor Drew of uh, any time that we have like these. Uh, you know, sexual questions that come up on oh, the show, yeah. like Malcolm the and Angie. Comes in. Yeah, we get to get her have her, her professional opinion. Okay. I like this. Uh, so, exactly. Uh, Roxanne Fox wants to know. Now, you talked about what animal I look like. She wants to know uh, what animal is Rob and Stephen Fishback like. Uh, so, do you have an animal for Stephen Fishback? Well, I can't. I don't have a picture of Stephen up, but my gut reaction was platypus. <laughs> um, but let me pull up Steven's picture. Yeah, should we change the, the name of our uh, our weekly recap to the Falcon and the Platypus? I think that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could spell platypus every week. 
Uh, I don't know what Steven is. I, guess, yeah. I mean, kind of platypus, but I don't know. This is tough. How about Ari wants to know, Ari Kohav, uh, what, Kim, what difference do you expect would have been had it not been for Colton's appendix? How about that? Uh, that Colton goes out. What would, how would the game have been different? Because you were not seen a ton on the show prior to uh, Colton's injury or Colton being taken out of the game. And then all of a sudden, it was like the Kim show where the first half we didn't see you that much. So maybe there's hope for Carter after all. Yeah, maybe so. Um, I think... Uh, I don't know. This is always interesting because Colton says that had we merged, he was taking out Chelsea first thing. He didn't like Chelsea and he thought she needed to go. So I feel like now knowing what I know, which is Christina and Alicia's loyalties were still with the girls and potentially even Tarzan's, who was pretty pissed at the guys. um, I think we could have probably still pulled off a guy vote, but there's no telling how that would have all played out. Yeah, I feel like Colton has said that, oh, I was going to be aligned with Jay and with and with Kim and we would have gone to the end, uh, would have gone to the end with you guys. But I just feel like and correct me if I'm wrong, that he was too much of a wild card for you. Totally. And you're not going to you didn't want to have that around. No, I mean, Colton was like carrying chaos into every conversation and situation. And it was definitely not something that I wanted to spend the entire game worrying about. So I think I would have tried to take a stance pretty early on and stick with the girls and see what happens. I mean, I think it would have been worth just, you know, going to the mattresses, that first tribal council at the merge and seeing how it all shook out. Yeah, I think so. Uh, how about <laughs> Matthew Woe just wants to know, did it feel awkward? <laughs> well, you don't even know what the question's going to be yet. I know. I'm just excited when people say, did it feel awkward? Kim, yes. Did it feel did it feel awkward not playing with a Hans? Uh, and if you could, no. which Hans would you most likely to play Survivor with? So no, it did not feel awkward <laughs> because it's not like I play with Hanses every day and then all of a sudden I wasn't. Um, are, are my choices Brandon or Russell? Well, I guess you also have the, uh, the big brother Hans. You have Willie Hans. You have uh, Sean Hans. <laughs> I don't watch uh, Big Brother, so I. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Brandon. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, see, uh, uh, I think you got, I got to go classic Hans. I think I'd want uh, Russell Hans out there. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, Russell, Russell Hans, I think he's, he's uh, you know, all, it's always interesting. Uh, he's, he doesn't do a lot of prayer circles. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, you know. I'm typically going to go with the less strategic person. But I'm more about winning. Than, yeah, but you go to go to the go to the end with him. The what? You just go. Just say, hey, on day one, Russell Hans, it's me and you. Let's I'm go to the girl? end. And the- I don't think he's buying that. I've never heard him say a positive thing about me, so I don't think he's picturing me as one of his girls. Uh, well, then you go cash your check. You sit next to him at the end. I don't know. It's true. We can see. That's a that's a, a good idea. Win. Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay, so let's see. Uh, Dan Connolly wants to know, why do you think the One World concept was abandoned after one season? Did they make a mistake in making the season men versus women as well? Okay, so everybody was all excited about how, oh, this is going to be Survivor One World. Everybody's going to start on one beach. Think It's going to be crazy this season. But on top of that, they made it the men versus women, and you guys seemed even more divided than ever to do that uh then they did a switch and that didn't really work out you ended up with basically uh, your whole alliance minus alicia on your on your new team and it was 
the very divided season as far as the, the uh, two tribes went. Do you think it uh, it was the one world? Do you think it was just your particular cast, or do you think it was having men versus women? Gosh, I feel like um, yeah, I think one world just didn't really work. Um, I think it was the way the whole season started. I feel like the girls from the moment Mike stole the stuff that we took off the truck, like we were really upset about that. Um, and that did give us a huge disadvantage when we got to camp and didn't have a pot or an axe or anything. So right. I feel like that. And then the whole thing that went down with the chickens and then the guys moved like as far away from us as they can. And I just feel like then that first challenge happened and they decided not to finish it. And it just felt like there was no like mutual, any kind of camaraderie going on between the two tribes. So it was just really divided. Um, and I also just feel like for us, when we first got to the beach, it just felt like chaos. You know, it was almost hard to follow what was going on. And I can imagine that if it wasn't men versus women, it would have been hard to even remember who was on what tribe or what was going on. So I feel like that was like a clear way for them to yeah that season and make it make some sense to the viewer. Could they have color coded it though? Could they ever do a well, one world versus- season where, where they put like everybody is in blue on one side, everybody's in red on the other tribe. And then at least you, you go, but it's not just your buff, but what, you know, your entire you know, outfit. Yeah, yeah. Everybody could just wear like, unitards of one color <laughs> that would be kind of like hunger games <laughs> yeah that would be good i would like that i think that one world would be really fun though if they did it with tribes that were uh co-ed tribes yeah. and who, who mixed it definitely them up. makes it more interesting yeah it makes it more interesting but i do think it would be hard for the guy who's probably had a six-pack before he's even watching the show to figure out what's going on agreed not everybody pays as much attention as we do. <laughs> Not everybody is uh, taking notes and, and doing like three podcasts. My fiance about doesn't know like who anybody is or what their names are. So now, did he watch your season? Yes, he did watch okay. my season. But he, he didn't see any Survivor previous to that. No, he hadn't. But we've gone back and watched a couple of seasons. He recently bought me all the seasons I hadn't seen, so that's been fun. Now, what's that like? Does he get annoyed with <laughs> us? Like, does it start out that it's fun that you guys watch it together, and then? Uh, is it something that the spouse or the uh, loved one starts to get irritated with? Because <laughs> Honestly, he's been a trooper. I'm really yeah. impressed. I don't think I could have handled it all as graciously. And he's super supportive. And um, it's been really good. I think every once in a while when we're like at a wedding or something and that's all people are talking about, he's kind of like, that got a little old, like hour four. But for the most part, he's pretty good about it. Okay. Uh, how about this from Molly Shock? That uh, she wants to know if they do an all winter season, how will you deal with established couples of such as Romber or Jenna and Ethan? Uh, assuming Ethan's healthy enough to play, go My Ethan. God. Have you figured that out? How you're going to uh, deal with couples on an all winter season? I have not thought about it, Molly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you ever thought about that? Um, uh, Kim, I like I your chances know. in the in the all winter season. Are I have they to be on honest. the same tribe? Uh, I, I, well, that's, that, uh, I don't ask me what to do with that because I have no idea. Um, so, (laughs) but Kim, I like your, I like your chances in, uh, uh, not only in an all winter season, I like your chances anytime you come back. Thanks, Rob. Uh, I think it sounds fun to play an all winter season. I know people say that that would be boring, but I think it'd be really fun. I would totally watch even if I hadn't played and won and was going to be on it. Hopefully I would think that that would be really fun. Because, you know, I feel like the other survivors, they the, – and let me speak as uh, for the entire group here. I think that that we have animosity. Like we don't care 
if you've necessarily won the game. We care if you've really taken the media spotlight. For instance, I think there's survivors who resented, say, like a Stephanie LaGrosa uh, more so than somebody like a Sandra who's won the game twice. I don't think that other survivors... <laughs> Uh, resent you if you've won. They resent you if you've garnered dominated sixty like, percent of the airtime. Yeah, what dominated you mean? the airtime, become very, uh, very famous outside of the circle of the show. And uh, like, I don't, I don't think that there's a lot of people in the Survivor world who would resent the game that you that you played because it wasn't like, oh my god, you know. Kim is, Kim is everywhere now. With with all due with all due respect, I don't think that you've <laughs> been uh you know uh whorish in your media ness uh if if I may make a coin a term there. Hey. And I don't think that that there would be people uh, out to get you. Yeah. No, I agree I with that. that yeah. I I have no desire to do any of that. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that's I believe like it's forget like winners Versus now, because I don't think that people go after winners. I think they go after who were the biggest stars, who were the people that are going to dominate the airtime. Let's get let's get rid of those people. And in the case of like a Survivor All Stars, where people oh, but let's get out Richard Hatch. I don't think it's so much because oh, Richard Hatch has won the game. It's because Richard Hatch is a big Richard celebrity. Hatch. Yeah, and I think but, there's a lot of winners that didn't dominate the airtime that are pretty low key people. So yeah, could be interesting. And, and that's why, you know, somebody like Sandra can still fly under the radar yeah. as pro- somebody who won two times that I don't think anybody's like, oh, well, you got to get rid of got to get rid of Sandra. Um, but there are other people who are probably who've not won the game who have, you know, become, uh, you know, a, you know, ce- you know, borderline celebrities. Uh, for instance, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, maybe I'll t- I'm going to talk about her later a little bit. Uh, she comes back. She's going to be first one off. Yeah. I would agree with that, actually, because it's so much like what the viewer has seen. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's see. How about uh, knowing what you know now? I think I know the answer to this. Nick Fishman wants to know, uh, is there a moment that you regret about the game? Is there is there anything, you know, everything turned out great. This was a magic carpet ride for you. But is there anything that you even regret from this season? There's not nothing there's really nothing i regret i mean i think if i knew i could win anyway i i think if anything i probably just played a little too hard you know like i lied too much and made too many promises and over you know like continued to like try to solidify things with people but if i changed that i might go back and not win so um i would say nothing i would change okay uh, here's a question from Mark Solera. He's our head of interns this week here at Rob is a Podcast. And he wants to know, simple question, why aren't you on Twitter, Kim Spradlin? I don't – okay, so What's honestly, I almost got on Twitter. Everybody was telling me, you've got to tweet before the, the season started. And so I actually made a Twitter account, but before I ever, like, tweeted anything, I, like, typed in my name and, like, Kim Survivor. And basically what came up was, like, I want to punch you in the face. We hate you. <laughs> All Who this said stuff. That? And I was like, I just never wanted to change the experience for me like that. I wanted to enjoy watching it with my friends and family and have a good time and laugh when I looked like an idiot. And – um, and not feel like all this animosity that I feel like only happened on Twitter. So, and then it's just one other thing to check. And I'm kind of into like leaving my phone at home and I don't like want to be somebody that's always on my phone or on the computer. Is that a key to su- success on Survivor? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's just, a, I've always been that way. Like I don't love being on the phone or being connected to something. So even, you know, when you like first love, 
find Facebook or Pinterest or whatever, you're like always logging and it's just a time consumer. So oh, yeah. I try to be present where I am. Oh, well, that's that's a very good way to look at life, uh, except for uh, robhaswebsite.com. That's always, <laughs> always check that for updates. Um, so will you ever join Twitter, Kim? I'm not planning to. This seems like a missed opportunity. Is it? You're a businesswoman. Opportunity I mean, for what? You're, you're a survivor winner. You're a businesswoman. Uh, don't don't you want to you know get your message out? I feel like it's out. <laughs> Have a wedding, and if you live in San Antonio, get your bridesmaid dresses from me. <laughs> Kim, you could be expanding nationwide. <laughs> I don't want to. I have way too much to do as it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about this? How about our first uh, ding, marry, kill of the season? Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Ding, marry, kill. Uh, Tarzan, Leaf, or Colton? Oh man. <laughs> Tarzan, <laughs> Leaf, or Colton? Okay. I'm gonna kill. What's ding again? Uh, ding is it's a fling. Uh, ding, yeah, it's uh, it's like what Malcolm and Angie uh, uh, are gonna heavy, do. Heavy petting. Well, wow. <laughs> oh think, man, well, this is like rough, what, guys. All right, I'm gonna like go marry Malcolm... Colton. Yes, yes. We'll have fun, and I'm gonna ding. <laughs> leave. Okay. And I'm wow. gonna kill Tarzan just because he's, yeah. he's getting up there in in ages. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's leave lived is a full be, life. He's gonna be excited. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I think so. Uh, okay. Uh, Jordan Kalish wants to know, if they did a Kim versus someone season, who would the other person be? Would it be Kim versus Troyzan? I don't know. Would it? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I feel I like maybe... So. I don't know if uh, you know you you could do that, or maybe we could just bring you back in like some random pairing, uh, like Coach and Ozzy. Yeah, Coach and Kim. Yeah, what if we did a season where it's like, okay, let's bring back some of the best women competitors that we've had all these seasons with, okay, let's bring back this man, let's bring back this man. We, you know, we've brought back Boston Rob, we've brought back uh, Russell Hans, we brought back Coach, brought back Ozzy, now here's Penner and Scoopin and Swan. I know we brought back Stephanie Lagrosa way back when, but why not? Let's, let's, bring, let's bring some women in. Sure. I'm sure, why, I'll do why not? <laughs> Yeah. Then should also, uh, I mean, how would, if you were in that sort of situation, okay, here's six, here's five other people. I mean, would you, would you take a leadership role? No, definitely not. But I don't, I'm, not, it? I'm not that kind of a leader. Yeah. I'm not a vocal leader. I never have been like, I don't want to be, I don't want to answer questions. Does that make uh, sense? <laughs> let's get back to the questions. Okay. I just want to influence in a different way. So. I, I hear you, but what if, like, in your situation, like you were in with the women, what if there is no obvious leader? I'll let somebody else do it. Somebody Still. always steps up. Yeah, and who did that? I think we all kind of have this, like, into this flaw. Most of us think that we are actually a natural born leader. Mm-hmm. Like, if you ask someone that, they'll probably say, like, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> so, especially a reality show contestant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you, is that why you were saying, oh, Sabrina, you're the leader? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it, so rarely does somebody step up and, and do that leader role right away and then make it very far. That's not – that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, how else uh, – Wes Dorn wants to know, besides Tarzan, who is the worst smelling person that you dealt with on Survivor? Colton had really bad breath. 
Interesting. So not even a, a BO. No, nope, it was just a breath thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did some people just have really bad breath on your seasons? You, honestly, I can't no, really recall. I remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't really recall anybody's breath. That, I don't have a great sense of smell either. Uh, believe, believe it or not. Uh, we did have some people who smelled particularly bad, but I can't remember breath uh, being cat, an issue. Cat smelled really bad because cat is not a very clean person. Really? Yeah. Like, Who knew? Cat pooped on her pants, like, <laughs> yes, and then I did put them actually... back on and went back to sleep. <laughs> now, wasn't that dirt? I thought that was poop. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, let's <laughs> let's see. Um, here, uh, Gregory wants to know uh, who do you get flattered when compared to that player besides Boston Rob? Is there anybody else that people have compared you to that you get flattered? I mean, I'm flattered when anybody compares me to anyone that did well, but I feel like that's the only comparison I get. Okay. I've never heard anyone compare me to anyone else. Uh, Tracy Grant says, uh, ask him what child star celebrity she'd most like to play the game with. Uh, So we saw Mike Scoopin go into total fanboy mode when he saw Blair from The Facts of Life. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody that would have made you swoon to get to the island with? Mine would be Devin Sawa from Casper and the Little Giants. That was my biggest childhood (laughs) crush. I've never even heard of And it would have been Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but I was really tall. And I knew that he was short, and so I couldn't allow myself to love him the way that I could have. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Thomas could be appearing on a Survivor season. That at some would be point. amazing. <laughs> that would be yeah. really exciting. Not like a Luke Perry. Yeah, I'm still not Luke- quite that old though. Oh, <laughs> wow! Not even not even old enough for Luke Perry. I mean, that was borderline. That would have been borderline. like watching teenagers while I was like 11 or 12. My parents <laughs> were very strict. Okay, well that's and look how you came out. Yeah. yeah all right so uh let's let's see uh how about um all right i have a question i want to ask uh tell us about what happened with the pig uh when the the pig showed up Uh, that that seemed like a very uh random thing to happen on the show it was really random yeah i really don't know what to think about the pig I feel like, okay, so I spent some time in Thailand and like the areas that we were in, there were some kind of rural livestock that just like wandered around, but the pig seemed really tame to just be at camp. So it was pretty weird. Yeah. At what point did you guys give up stopping to try and kill the pig? Like it seemed like he just became like he just lived there. From the very beginning, because the people that were leading the crusade against the pig was like Christina and Sabrina. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. Like, have you ever tried to kill a large animal with one dull blade? Like, I just had a really bad feeling about how that was going to go down. I felt like there was going to be, like, a wounded pig that was going to be making sounds in the brush with uh, lots of yeah, blood. And then, like, people that were going to have nightmares for the rest of their life about it. And we, were, we had, like, nine <laughs> no. days left. It wasn't yeah. enough time and, to try to kill a 180-pound pig. And you were, must have been standing there like, oh, my God, I, have, I know so many people that look like that pig. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I rarely meet a warthog. <laughs> um, did production tell you you guys were not allowed to kill the pig? No, they didn't. I think they were just waiting to see what would happen. Um, <laughs> they just wanted to I spice mean, like, it Chelsea up. Chelsea threw, threw the pickaxe at the pig at one point, and it just kind of glanced off of its back. Um, I wonder if they changed that because, uh, you know, back when Mike Scoopin was on Survivor Australia, he killed a boar. Yeah. And then uh, they had told us by the time we were in Survivor Amazon, we weren't allowed to kill any land-dwelling animals. 
Um, but I wonder if maybe the people who made up that rule just don't even work on the show anymore. Like they've moved on. A, I, you know, yeah, and I, I kind of had this feeling that production was like laughing at us and they knew we weren't going to kill it. And none yeah, of the I men mean, wanted to kill it. Troy and Tarzan were totally anti. And so it was kind of like, I mean, if you can imagine Christina trying to kill a large pig, I mean, it was pretty laughable. So it was, it was very funny. I don't think the pig be- was ever in danger. I don't think so. All right, and uh, here's one. Here's one last question. This is from uh, Brian Hickey. He wants to know, Kim, what is your cutoff age for guys you date? Now let's pretend. We'll pretend you're not engaged. Yeah. Uh, I do that. What all is your the cutoff? Time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Zing. Uh, uh, what is the cutoff age for guys that you date? Uh, how does a 22 year old fella best go about wooing a 29 slash 30 year old woman? Uh, <laughs> looks to be some interest, See, but I'd in, like your input. I was input. immediately thinking older, not younger. Yo, okay, you know, this is a younger, a younger oh, man. Oh, yeah, no. I, for me personally, I would have, like, even dating someone a year younger than myself is a big stretch. <laughs> yeah. So you're not, not, just to put it out there, so not basically, interested no, Brian Hickey. In, I'm sorry. <laughs> in 22 year old guys from Facebook. No. Okay. Uh, very, very interesting. Now, what, why is that? Why, why not a younger man? Well, I just, I feel like I'm kind of an old soul. You know, I've always just kind of felt older than I really am anyway, and I've just been through a lot. Yeah, and so I have her. a hard time imagining that I would meet a 22-year-old that, you know, we would really connect on like a deep soul level. And I could be wrong. Yeah. So maybe that's me being close-minded. <laughs> maybe. Maybe somebody – maybe uh, – well, hopefully everything's going to work out with this with this guy. I have a good feeling about it. But if if not, maybe someday a, a younger man will change your mind. Maybe yeah. you, you – you could have a, a third, lovely. a third cougar chapter in your uh, in in your uh, romantic life. Sounds great. <laughs> All right, Kim. I'm gonna uh, ask you uh, one last thing. Give us your predictions for who's gonna win this game. Um, I want to say Denise, but I feel like she's too obvious already. See, I, I kind of feel Denise. good about scooping. Scooping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably my, at the beginning, I kind of would have said maybe Lisa. I don't think so anymore. I, I think Scoopin or Denise, that would be my top two picks, but I'm going to go with Scoopin for my number one. Okay. I think that, uh, I can't argue with that. He's looking in a good spot. I did pick Denise preseason. By the way, Nicole picked you, uh, in her, in her preseason. I know. She's, I heard. She's very, she's very good. You were up there, but I said at the last second, I said, uh, this Bill Posley looks like, uh, he looks like he's got what it takes. Yeah. I've, that's why I've always been a big Nicole fan from the very beginning, even though she said oh. she didn't like my swimsuit bottoms, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan too. And she doesn't like my swimsuit bottoms. Oh, often, we're in the so. same boat then. We're in the same boat. All right, Kim Spradlin. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on with us. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I hope you uh, rejoin us. Maybe one day uh, potentially uh, could join the Mount Rushmore of uh, Rob as a podcast. Sounds amazing. Thanks for having me. It really is always fun. And is there, any, is there anything we talked about your business? We talked about you don't have a Twitter. Anything you want to uh, let people know about? Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, Kim. Well, uh, you were a great sport. Thank you so much. A uh, a great winner of Survivor and a great guest. And uh, all the best to you, Kim. And good luck in marriage number two. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> bye. All right. All right. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Kim Spradlin. And look who decided to join us. Here she is, the first lady of podcasting. It is Nicole Sesternino here with us to go over some of the... Uh, other news from this week in Survivor. Oh my God, did I miss it? 
Yes, you you missed, missed Kim. It. You missed oh. Kim. Yes. But yeah, as Nicole has a very a very busy schedule, yeah. we're happy to have her for any part of the show. Yes, so I, I would have loved to have been there for the Kim cast. Yes, and uh, and Kim missed you. Yes. Well, good to have you back. Well, thank you. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with some of this other stuff in Survivor. Nicole, what, real quick, what was your take on this week's episode? I had a sudden urge for cookies and headlights. Yes, cookies. <laughs> you wanted headlights. Yes, I wanted to put new headlights on my car. You wanted to put new headlights on your car? What? What's wrong with your old headlights? They're not big enough. Not big enough. Okay, we need bigger headlights. Yes. I think we're going to need a bigger boat. Yes. I think so. All right, so let's talk about some of uh, what's going on in the world of Survivor, as we like to do every week here on uh, Rob Has a Podcast, and uh, just uh, some other news going on in the world of Survivor. Nicole, two new seasons of Survivor are now coming out on DVD. Oh, my God. Yes, that's right. Like There's like a wire on the bell. It's not, not <laughs> a think, good sound. I think it's too far away Sounds like you. It's, it's dying. I, mm-hmm. I can't really see it. Yeah. Yes, Nicole, uh, so they are now releasing... Survivor Cook Islands. Oh, that's a good one. The uh, original season of a bunch of uh, great survivors, including Jonathan Penner and Yule and Ozzy and Candace. Isn't the whole season an all-star cast? It's pretty much an all-star <laughs> cast. Yeah, and Billy Garcia. Uh-huh. Uh, and also Survivor Fiji, also coming to DVD. Both available for pre-order through uh, the Amazon.com. Ooh, la la. And you can, as always, go to SurvivorOnDVD.com. Uh, that is the quick link to go through Rob as a website to buy all of your Survivor seasons on DVD. And I actually, for the first time this week, I had the Survivor Amazon DVD, uh-huh. and I never watched it. Uh-huh. Uh, and I opened it up this week, and I was looking at There's a lot of good stuff on there. They have like all the early show interviews. Oh, really? Yes, and it's funny. I saw the, I saw the Chenbot talking about me. <laughs> yes, that's... It's like your dream come true. It was. It was great. It was. I really was. Like it's been so long since she was on uh, that show, uh-huh. and it was so long since she like interviewed the survivors on that show. I forgot she used to talk about Survivor. That was back when the survivors actually did stuff. Afterwards. But there was no but first. <laughs> yeah, that's a different show. That's good. Now, now the survivors talk to me in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, downgrade. <laughs> Down, big downgrade. Uh, like Roxy did. Had a great talk with Roxy this morning. Did she speak in tongues? She did. Well, she talked about speaking in tongues. Uh-huh. And it, it turns out, Nicole, that even when she says those prayers, she doesn't even know what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Only God knows. Uh, he doesn't even know. Yeah. Now, my question, and I wish I would have asked at the time, why, if, if she doesn't even know what she's praying, why does God need her to say what he wants to hear? Ah, oh, you're so, I, I, so well, deep. I have, a, well, I have a question. So deep. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. It's like uh, read this. Read. I wrote this letter. Read this to me. I only. I know what it means. Yes. So I don't know. But the Lord works in mysterious ways. So yes, maybe he if does. we ever talk to Roxy again. Also, very, uh, very good. Uh, she uh, dropped John Cochran's name also in the interview. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about something uh, going on here uh, with Survivor. As we all know. The election is rapidly approaching. Mm -hmm. And now I will give you my campaign promise. Mm -hmm. I will do my damnedest not to get political on this show. We don't we, like we, to look, get political. We everybody has has political views. Everybody you're likes entitled to. you like one guy, you like the other guy, or you like Rupert. One one or the other. One the other or Rupert. Look, that this is not a this is a, an escape from politics. Right. We're talking about nonsense, not talking about any political real issues, but we are going to talk a little bit about uh Elizabeth Hasselbeck, okay? Well, how could you not talk 
politics without talking Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Well, okay, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, of course, from the same season of Survivor as Mike Scoopin, mm-hmm. the one and only Mike Scoopin, who is now on Survivor this season. Uh, so she is now a, she's not a podcaster. No. She is actually on a TV show called she's, The View. She's a real job. And she has some conservative values. Many. Uh, yes, she has, she has many conservative <laughs> values, which are, which are fine. Uh-huh. Uh, and so they had President Obama visited The View this week. Uh-huh. And uh, Elizabeth Hasselbeck asked Obama a question, a pointed question. What was the question? Uh, she basically asked him, she, th- to paraphrase the question, uh, she said, President Obama, the, I'm not going to do the Kristen Wiig impression of Elizabeth <laughs> Hasselbeck. She said, President Obama, that you say that Mitt Romney is against the middle class people, but on your watch, uh, sir, uh, the middle class has gotten worse. Okay, and I, I actually I thought it was a fair question. I thought Obama had a fair answer. So mm-hmm. I did not think it was an inappropriate question. I did not think his answer was inappropriate. Okay. But some people have accused Elizabeth of asking a, a mean-spirited question. And then on the other side, people have accused Obama of brushing her off with her answer. I didn't really think either of those well, things happened. she's a survivor. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> but it has caused a firestorm, Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Uh-huh. To the point that uh, in you know in our in the world of Survivor and outside it, let's go to Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien, the famous talk show host. Yes, one of my favorites. One of your favorites. He ha- has gotten Team uh, Coco. Team Coco. <laughs> that's right. He is very anti Elizabeth Hasselbeck to the point that on his show this week he's talked quite a bit about her, and he is starting a movement, Nicole. To pass a 28th Amendment. Oh, okay. And this is the amendment Conan O'Brien is collecting signatures about. Amendment number 28 to the United States Constitution, he said. Well, he was talking about Elizabeth Hasselbeck, and I'm not going to play the whole clip because it's long. It's actually very funny, though. He was saying about Elizabeth Hasselbeck, who does she think she is? This is just some girl who won Survivor. And then he was informed, wait, she didn't even win Survivor. She came in, like, fifth. Fifth, he said. (laughs) So this is what Conan O'Brien is working on. He wants to, and this is from TeamCoco.com. Uh, and I'll, I'll post the link to it on the show page on robisawebsite.com. I like the, actually, the web address is TeamCoco.com slash 28th Amendment slash huge waste of time. <laughs> waste of everyone's time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. TeamCoco.com slash 28th Amendment slash huge waste of everyone's time. Uh, so Amendment 28, Conan writes, uh, no person or persons who have appeared on a reality television program shall be allowed to question the policies of a sitting president Unless said person or persons were the last survivor on their island, the last tenant in their house, the last chef who only used the ingredients found in their pantry, or the last bachelorette who was handed a red rose uh, and got to marry the douchebag. <laughs> so, and Conan O'Brien, to this point, has 676 signatures Ooh. on this. Yes. Now, I am coming out against this, Nicole. Really? Yes. Yes. Because then, basically, this if this amendment passes, if this becomes the 28th Amendment, you can forget about Rob has an Obama cast. Just throw it, throw it out the window. Well, then you have to win. You have to go back and you have oh, to win. Have to go back and win? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So Conan O'Brien coming out against, against Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Uh, that he's, you know, that she says she wasn't even the be- the winner of her season. Why is she allowed to talk about the president? And then on Facebook, mm-hmm. this comes from Jerry Manthe's Facebook. Uh-huh. And let me read you a, a, a little bit of this. Why does it say via the Huffington Post? Was this posted on the Huffington Post? I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not sure. But uh-huh. this is from Jerry's Facebook page. Uh-huh. Uh, and she attacked 
Elizabeth for her views. Uh, her view. Uh, real quick, let me, let me read a little bit. You tell me when it gets boring. Okay. Uh, Jerry Manthe writes uh, on Facebook, I've said it a hundred times and now I'll write it for everyone to read. The view of someone who lived and or was supported by mommy and daddy till the day she got married, who has never uh, had to pay her own bills or struggle to make ends meet and take care of herself in a world full of hurdles and challenges is not a view I have respect for. Uh, and so Jerry, Jerry goes uh, on and on yes. uh, about this. And so big firestorm of the Survivor the Jerry coming out after Elizabeth yeah. Hasselbeck, Conan coming after Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Elizabeth Hasselbeck coming for Obama. <laughs> Poor Obama. It's everywhere. Mike he Scoop- didn't do anything. Mike Scoopin. He's just uh, uh, so- somehow Mike Scoopin's the only guy on of these people that's on Survivor. He's involved in the least drama. <laughs> How's that happening? I don't know. How's that? All right. So more, more, more to follow on that. And uh, I hope to also speaking of Rupert, and I, I hope to bring you guys a Rupert update in the coming weeks. Yes. What is going on? I have on? a man on the ground in Indiana. Okay. We're going to get a Rupert update of how the campaign is going and uh, what Rupert is up to and whether he will soon someday be the future governor of Indiana. So will he be able to interview the president? Well, Rupert, Rupert did win America's Tribal Council. Eh, that's not in the Constitution. I don't know. We'd have to ask Conan yes. if it, where that applies. We need an on, amendment to the amendment. On that. All right. So, uh, Nicole, as every week we'd like to bring you what the survivors were talking about on Twitter. Yes. This uh, this list uh, put together by some of our standout interns here at uh, Rob as a Podcast, uh, assembled by the uh, illustrious Mark Solera. Uh, here we go. These are some good tweets from this week. Uh, our, one of our favorites uh, is no longer uh, Survivor Cochran. Johnny Cox. At, at John M. Cochran, he tweeted uh, during Survivor this week. Uh, apparently, you know, the, the current Survivors, they're all on Twitter. And we've, we've said this for many seasons now. What, do, what is it that the current Survivors who are on the show, what are they notorious for, Nicole? Retweeting. <laughs> yes. So, John Cochran... Uh, he has a tweet for at RC underscore Survivor. RC, mm-hmm. RC he says, uh, your nickname really should be RT with all the retweeting you do. <laughs> good one, Johnny Cox. <laughs> That's a good one. A good one what by John Cochran. What does she retweet? Cochran. I guess she probably... You're, you're so pretty. I you're think so great. That's the move. The people yeah. that are on the show... Here's they, the thing. Yeah. If everybody thought that, they would be tweeting you. No need to retweet it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... And normally, again, we don't know what's going to happen with RC, uh-huh. and maybe she breaks the mold. Tends to be, we see a lot of people who aren't in the game super long. Right. This tends to be one of their trademarks. Mm-hmm. We know uh, with, uh, who are some of the people that were notorious for that? Uh, I Love Mickey. I Love Mickey. Was the big one. She doesn't retweet as much as she used well, to. Well, because she she's learned. not on the show. And she learned the proper etiquette. The proper, proper <laughs> etiquette. So, uh, who else, Nicole? Um, Quinlan? Quinlan was a big Quinlan, retweeter. big, big retier. Yeah, sorry, Rooster. Who else from last season? Um, any I don't know, those, there was a bunch any of those of other girls with Kim. Were they big retiers? I can't. I don't really remember offhand, but I know that um, Quinlan was definitely Quinlan. One of them, okay, yeah. so we'll see. We'll see what that means for at and RC. RC. She was private before. She had a private Twitter. She's now, private. And now she's yeah. Public. Well, I mean, what's the point of going on Survivor? You're gonna have a private Twitter. What's the point of going on Twitter if it's pi- uh, private? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. So at Chelsea Meisner, uh, mm-hmm. she tweets, uh, "See what happens when you hate on boobs." Yep. Hashtag Survivor. Don't hate on the boobs. Yeah, Chelsea Meisner. Could I ask that to Kim? Yeah. All right. 
Here's one uh, from at Jenna Maraska. Mm-hmm. Two tweets. Very uh, feisty last night. Yeah, very feisty. Live tweeting the show, doing mm-hmm. a great job. Yeah. Jenna Maraska, she tweeted, uh, I don't trust anyone named after a cola. Ooh, take that, RC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fighting words. Wait, uh, <laughs> but those are my initials, too. <laughs> All right, so then... But you don't go by RC. I don't go by RC. Mm-hmm. I could go by RC. But though. you're not. Uh, if, <laughs> then Jenna Maraska tweeted... Uh, HD is no friend to a girl and her body hair on Survivor. Thank God when I was on, HD meant hot dogs. <laughs> what? That's HD meant means hot dogs? I guess so. I never heard that. Uh, yeah. Ask Jenna Maraska about yeah, HD. Yeah, but you know what? In the, this, this day and age, HD. laser is your friend. Yeah. No, I'm going to use that now. Hot uh, dogs? Hey, you want, a, you want a hamburger or HD? What do you want? You want an HB? A- HB? <laughs> hamburger. Oh, it's hamburger? Yeah. Or <laughs> hamburger's one word. Or an HJ. Whatever Whoa. you want. <laughs> Easy, Nicole. Easy. Is, are you talking to me? No. Oh. Uh, then at Malcolm WHW is uh-huh. our first uh, Twitter mentioned for him on the show. Uh-huh. Uh, he tweets, uh, Survivor at now. Uh, and I'm preemptively throwing this out there. Sorry, Mom, but I don't see nothing wrong. Uh, and then he put a link to an R. Kelly song called Bump and Grind. Oh, you never quote R. Kelly. <laughs> never. Unless never. it's piss on you. That wasn't actually <laughs> R. Kelly. I believe that's Dave Chappelle. Okay. Uh, so uh, then uh, we, we love to hear from you guys. Which of the current survivors are worth following well, on Twitter? You know, I don't follow... What what I do is I I don't I don't believe I follow any of the current survivors. Uh-huh. I don't want to show favoritism. Right. I feel like I'm not able to give my proper analysis and I by following. Think, here's here's my. Okay. I don't think some of them listen to the show, so they don't deserve. They don't follow. deserve. They don't deserve to follow. Uh, here's my social media policy with okay. the current survivors. If a current survivor, uh, if they send me a friend request on Facebook, you will accept. I will accept it. Uh huh. If you're not sending the request. I am not sending the request. Uh-huh. No, sir. Right. Well, you're not looking for it. Not looking for yeah. it. I don't send, other than a person I have met in real life, I don't send any friend requests. Right. Uh, number two, uh, on Twitter, uh, if the, the survivor has said something uh, very nice about me or, or is tweeting uh, to me directly, then I will, I will follow them back. Who has a good sense of humor about the show. We, yes. we, we will mock you. That's our job. That's it. That's, but it's look, all in good fun. Yeah. Like, like the rooster. Like the rooster. Mm-hmm. That's, like the, That's the way to go. Like the rooster. MJQ. Yeah. So if you have some, uh, if you have some, you know, if you are a current survivor, if you were one of the players from this season and you're listening to this podcast, you can, you know. Oh, welcome. Yeah. Let us, let us know you're listening. I'll, I'll follow you back. Yes. Yeah. Although, um, like, I feel like people from the show are like, don't do us any favors. <laughs> I don't need to follow her that badly. <laughs> uh, let's see. But uh, we'll be more likely to say something nice. Yeah. All right. So Nicole, last week I talked to Yule. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people uh, have had some uh, some praise uh, for the Yule cast. Uh, Glenn is always good. Glenn Holford, uh, one of our new bloggers on robasawebsite.com, wrote a great article about what Roxy did wrong. Uh, good thing he didn't write about what Roxy did right. It would have been a very short post. Mm-hmm. He wrote it on, wrote it as a tweet on a post-it. Yeah, uh, he said, "I think Kim Spradlin played a very similar game as Yule, 
But Yule did it despite being heavily down in the numbers, so that's even more impressive. So Very impressive. A vote for Yule. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a good one. Now, I don't know if you listen to the podcast. I know you listen to all the podcasts, Nicole, especially when you're not here. Yes, you do nothing but listen to and not even at double speed, single speed. Slow mo. Slow mo, so you yeah. can so you don't miss a word. Yes. So I'm sure I hang you, on your every word. I'm sure you remember about how uh, Yule talked about how he, you know, would be excited for Blair from the Facts of Life, but even more excited if they brought back his crush, Alice from the Brady Bunch. Really, of all the people on the Brady Bunch, he had a crush on Alice. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> you're at, you're acting surprised. This is news to you. Yes. Uh, so Alice from the Brady Bunch, and Yule said maybe he has a thing for moms. So. Uh, Matt K. Curran said, if Yule had a crush on Alice from the Brady Bunch, I'm guessing he also finds Berta from Two and a Half Men attractive. Well, who doesn't? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, Matt Forsythe, he has a proposal. Instead of going through the grandiose process of having a nationwide election to determine who becomes the president, instead, let's have Dan Giesling and Yule battle it out in a reality competition to determine who should win the presidency. Yes, and then, um, Conan should be the roast master. Yeah, I don't want to get... I don't want to get political, but a, uh, a Dan Giesling Yule debate would be good. That would be fantastic. That would, it would be good. But that being said, uh, probably if we if we can get them to debate about something not a- anything related to politics, would be much more fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm over the election. Like I was, I was all into uh, the political coverage in 2008. I'm not into it this year. No, I'm not into it. I didn't watch the Olympics, and I've been, and I've stayed out of the fray with the political coverage. Not you're, Jessica Fray. You're a communist. I'm not a communist. I'm uh, I'm indifferent. I'm Who ag- doesn't watch the Olympics? I'm agnostic. Yeah. When it comes to politics, that's me. Uh, so uh, from our Facebook fan page, from uh, Facebook.com/slash Rob as a podcast, Keaton Brower wrote, "Rob, do you think Jeff is still going to tell the castaways in this game, fire is your life, when Mike Scoopin goes to tribal council? The fire almost took his life. Yeah." <laughs> Uh, and uh, Chutze uh, Zhao, he says, where is the Jeff Probst inappropriate comment segment? I miss it so much. Please bring it back. I think he's on to us. He listens to the show. He heard us mocking him, and he's not giving us material. It's very possible because, you know, going back to, they tape these shows two at a time. Right. So all the shows from last year where we had so many with, uh, you know, t- uh, Troy's hands. Holding on to his he's, balls. He's holding on to his balls. And, uh, and he's, got a, he's got a disc between his two balls. Like, <laughs> all of that stuff from last season. Mm-hmm. Now it's a new season. Is Jeff Probst... And not one inappropriate comment. Because it's not even like we're missing them. When, when one happens, like, I get, uh, you know, dozens of tweets. People are all over Facebook it. comments. This is it. This is it. This is it. I wonder if they're, they're constantly trying. I think he, people also tweet him, at him, when they're tweeting at you about his inappropriate so he, comments. we're in his head? Yes. Is that what's going on? And then also, the other thing that happened like that was back when they filmed Nicaragua and Survivor Redemption Island, we used to talk about how he would list the things at the reward challenge, uh-huh. like uh, candy, ice cream. All the fixings. All the fixings. He doesn't do that anymore, no, either. we're ruining Survivor. We're ruining Survivor. Everything that's funny, we talk about it, and they stop doing mm. it. Okay, so uh, if Jeff Probst has an inappropriate, we're, only, we're not going to force it. Yes. If there is an inappropriate comment, we will bring it to you. Yeah. And if we're missing one, let us know. Yeah, which uh, I'm sure you guys will. Let us know. Uh, also, on the Jeff Probst show this week, Brock Cheek tells us, Jeff Probst just admitted on his show that he spent $200 on the shirt he was wearing. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Was it a plaid shirt? 
I don't know. Those are those are very pricey, but not two hundred dollars. <laughs> yes, I have never I've never owned a two hundred dollar plaid shirt. No, you have not. That I can tell you. Mm-hmm. I, I have. Uh, you have <laughs> not a plaid shirt. Yeah. What? What's what two hundred dollar shirt do you have? We don't need to talk about that now. Yeah. I think that if somebody could come along and and get all of my plaid shirts for two hundred dollars, I think they'd still have money left over. <laughs> they'd still have some money left over. Okay, and then uh, we also uh, like it when you use the R H A P hashtag on Twitter. Uh, and here, yeah, we like when you get us trending. Yeah, we lo- it's, we've been trending a few times. Yeah, so Keith Black uh, at the real K Black twenty five. He says uh, hashtag slap and tickle. I think that's a new R H A P game. Thanks, Russell Swan. <laughs> Russell Swan. Yeah, he talked about the that she's Angie. She's got the boob thing going on. The old slap and tickle. Yeah, Russell Swan. That's. That's dirty. Do you think Angie has seen Tarzan before, if you know what I mean? Has she seen Tarzan before? No, I don't know what you mean. Are the are the goods real? Are, oh, okay. Has she seen... Uh, are you implying that... Uh, does... Is Angie uh, a 100% uh, orga- oh, or- oh, natural. organic survivor? Yes, yes. Or... Has she uh, seen Tarzan? Has she been to, to visit... Uh, Tarzan and his, uh, his office. or Chelsea Meisner's uh, doctor. Yes. Uh, I would say that uh, 100%, I believe uh, that Angie is uh, not organic. Not organic. Yes. Yes. She's very, she's small and petite and she's got such huge jugs. Well, and then Malcolm, you know, Malcolm, he's, he was prepared for a lot of things in this game. Not that. Not the jugs. Not that. What do yes. you, what's your take on that? What's, um, I don't think they're they're real. No, I mean Malcolm oh, okay. and Angie. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm thinking of boobs. <laughs> Malcolm and Angie. Yeah, you gotta keep warm at night. You gotta keep you yeah. gotta keep warm at night so you no harm no foul for you. For me, yeah. Yeah, so you don't have a problem. You don't have a problem with that strategically. Strategically, it's stupid, but you do have to keep warm. Yeah. So, do you think that it could be a good thing for them? No. 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 Yeah. Uh, I, I said earlier in the show, I'm very excited to have Denise uh, some, down the road as our resident sex therapist to ask about these things. <laughs> yeah, I really like Denise. You're a fa- uh, you, I had a good pick? Yeah, I think you do have a really good pick this year. Who had a better pick so far this season? Me or you? So far, definitely you, but so far. it's still early. It's, only, it's early. It's only episode two, but it's early. I really like Denise. Okay. Oh, uh, sorry. So let's start to uh, wrap this up. Thank you guys uh, so much for making it here to the end. This was a, a long one today, but we had a lot of fun talking Survivor with you this week. Uh, so that's going to do it for uh, Rob as a podcast for this week. We'll be back uh, next week to talk with you on Tuesday about on uh, Rob as a web show. We will discuss for the first time this season The Amazing Race, which premieres Sunday night. And then we will also preview episode three of Survivor Philippines. Uh, and all that's coming to you on Tuesday. And then uh, next week, we'll do it all over again. Don't miss uh, Stephen Fishback and I, the Survivor Know-It-Alls at 9.15 Eastern on Wednesday. And then we'll be back again with the latest person kicked out of the tribe and another Survivor podcast coming to you uh, late Thursday night, Friday morning. Fantastic. There you have it. All right. All right, Nicole, uh, Any anything else uh, that we want to uh, discuss? Anything? Oh, yes. And don't forget, if you are a, a football fan, you can play in another uh, free chance to win some money this weekend just by watching the football games. Another free chance? Another, okay, another, I'm definitely on this. Another free chance. Go to robhasawebsite.com slash free roll. That comes from our friends at Draft Street. Uh, that they they just want you to check it out and come play on Draft Street. 
If you're in the uh, the top 12 people, you have a chance to win some money. Although this one is not just exclusive to the Rob has a podcast listener, so it's gonna be a good more competition, bigger prize, but bit more competition. Okay. So check that out at robhasawebsite.com slash free roll from our friends over at Draft Street. And if you like what you're doing over there at Draft Street, they'll uh, you sign up for an account, they will match your deposit 40 percent. At uh, Draft Street, go to robhaswebsite.com slash Draft Street. Sounds like a win-win. Sounds like a win-win, Nicole. All right, so take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. We will be back with you uh, on Tuesday, so uh, enjoy the weekend and uh, talk to you guys later. Do you take know care. Who the next head of interns is? Oh yeah, oh Nicole. Oh my God. Yeah. Very Come on, You got to announce. Very, this. I'm very sorry. I, I do know who it is. It's Emily Rose Forster. Oh. So congratulations, very nice. Emily. Okay. Uh, and uh, we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Take care, right? Got nothing for you. Bye.